0: The Paranet Podcast, a Dresden Files book club. Welcome to the Paranet Podcast with your hosts, Patrick Lunn and Rob Davis. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so this week uh, we're talking about chapters four to six uh of full moon uh as well as the upcoming release of peace talks only a week to go oh my god uh and um some other stuff in the world addressing files including uh, a new video from daniel green um who we love on the show does great content Uh, so, um, I guess we'll just dive right in, uh, with Paranetworking and Rob, you, uh, you caught up with the Daniel Green video this week. Yeah. um, Uh, so do you want to tell us a bit about it?
1: Yeah. If you're not familiar with Daniel Green, we've mentioned him a few times. He interviewed Jim Butcher back in April. Um, he's, he does a lot of, uh, fantasy sci-fi news, uh, books, TV shows, you name it. He does it mainly just books and TV shows and films, but yeah. Um, yeah, he does a lot of um, I mean, aside from like reviewing stuff and giving out news, he does lots of interesting content on like lore and backgrounds of certain novels, like Wheel of Time. He's a, he's a massive fan of that, and I admittedly, he's the reason why I started reading Wheel of Time again. Um, and he does like all these you know, because the the world is so vastly developed. He'll go into a lot of detail, like including Robert Jordan's influences on, like his writing and all that kind of stuff, like that. But uh, anyway, more to the point, he recently did a video on uh, Dresden Files titled "The Factions at Play," which, as you can imagine, covers the factions at play, um, like all the vampire courts, what what they kind, what they are, what they represent. Um, goblins, the angels, demons the human factions like Knights of the Cross uh, and obviously wizards and I mean it's clocks in about 15 minutes but it it's worth checking out if you're a fan of Dresden even if you're not a fan of Dresden which I mean you should be otherwise why would you be listening to this but um, I'd recommend checking it out anyway and also subscribe to his channel because he seems like a very nice guy and he's clearly passionate about what he does
0: awesome yeah um it i started watching the video just before this and unfortunately ran out of time uh but it seemed it seemed really interesting um and kind of examining why Dresden files is maybe a little bit different from other urban fantasy settings like maybe Harry Potter or or something like that
1: yeah i mean
0: that's um it goes into a lot of detail about
1: spoiling any of the actual novels themselves as well. So, if you are, you know, a, b- a bit skeptical on starting the series, or if you're a certain point into it, and I don't know, n- needs to do more without. You know what you're getting yourself into? Yeah. Or oh, yeah. It's like being taught how to swim. You're you're in the deep end, but you're wearing armbands, and maybe the swing instructor has like a net around you, and he's just at the side of the pool,
0: just pushing you along. What swimming instructor did you go to that had a net around you?
1: Oh, um, I don't know. That never happened to me personally. When My swimming instructor, I remember giving me like a, I can't remember what they call like a float thing. Well, okay. Yeah, he just gave me one of those and just pushed me in at one point. And I was like, uh. I mean, it was shallow enough. It was shallow enough that you're not going <laughs> to panic anyway. But... Yeah, he was a man. I'm not even sure if he was the instructor. I'm not even sure if he was the instructor, because I swear I only saw him twice when I started. And then it was a woman. So, yeah.
0: So what I'm hearing is just that a bloke came over to you, threw like a, a floaty at you, and then like threw you in the deep end of the water. <laughs> P- pretty much. That's how I remember it. I mean,
1: I'm pretty sure my mum was there. <laughs> Like watching, so I'll have to get her to confirm. I imagine, um, yeah. This, this was back when I was like four or five, so a good Jesus, twenty-five years ago, nearly.
0: Ooh, yeah, back in the nineties. <laughs> I'm just gonna let that that quietly hang for a minute. Thanks. <laughs> um, you? Cool, yeah. Uh, Sorry, you might not have even been born. I might not even have been born. Yeah, that's weird. That a, a time BP before Pat. Jeez, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, mentioning Harry Potter before actually, <laughs> um, I just I, I just wanted to touch on something very very quickly. Yeah, uh, I did talk about in the past waiting for Harry Potter uh, releases and stuff. Um, that is not to say that I'm currently a fan of J.K. Rowling or any life choices or opinions she may be currently sharing. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a weird one. Yeah, that's that's a very strange one. Um, if you're just trying to puzzle out how to think, of maybe like how to react to it. There's a great video by Lindsay Ellis on YouTube talking about the whole J.K. Rowling thing from a more like academic point of view like death of the author kind of thing Mm. and I just pray to God that Jim Butcher never turns around and is just suddenly like I don't like people with blue eyes because they're satanists or something of that level (laughs) I feel like if that were to happen we would have had it already at least I hope that would be the case (laughs) I feel like the divorce would have brought it out if anything yeah (laughs) (laughs) Or the stress of people asking when the next book's coming out. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, anyway, back on topic a little more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, if, if you want um, a uh, an overview of um, all the factions in Dresden Files and kind of the, the wider world of Dresden Files, because it can be kind of hard to see that um, at the point that we're in, particularly at, like, Full Moon, um, it feels very Chicago centric and like there's not much else going on in the world of magic. Um you can have a look at, at kind of where the series develops into uh, and uh, with the Daniel green video and um, get hyped for it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, I, uh, this week read the newest chapter of peace talks cause Jim butcher be dropping them every week on the regular Uh, and um, it's still awesome, and I am so, so excited for the release in just seven days. Uh, It's going to be incredible. Um, And uh, I'm sure both of us will be reading like hell almost the moment that we get access to it. Um, But yeah, uh, Chapter 6 is... um, Quite interesting um mostly because it, it sets up another dilemma for for dresden to go along with the dilemmas set up in almost every other chapter that, like there's a lot of jim butch is doing a really good job of setting up kind of the state of play going into these peace talks like everyone's agendas why they're at the table um and what they want from dresden specifically during these peace talks. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's it's building up in a kind of one-man-two-governors sort of way, like that he's going to be torn between about nine different factions and have to decide where his loyalties really lie, um, which is really interesting because the way that it's building at the moment, I don't think it's going to be with the White Council. Um, you got, I'm not sure who it will be with. but It's about time,
1: isn't it? Really? Sorry? It's been the winter night for a couple of books now. Spoiler, I guess. But... um no I guess I guess like this his loyalty had to be come, coming into question sooner or later
0: yeah i I would kind of agree with that, and especially where so he's got um other responsibilities trying not to get into too much spoiler territory, but like uh with with the island that he currently lives on um is a very important island and that and that has responsibilities connected to it and he also has connections to pretty much every faction in the magical world in one way or another whether it's the different types of fairy or his allies uh, and enemies in the in the vampire courts and stuff and i don't think it's really been played on much what where he stands when those when those factions are opposed to each other yeah um so so i think that'll that'll be really interesting also the end of chapter six is another massive cliffhanger um which will be very very fun to see how that resolves and yeah i'm super excited for all of it um along with the release of chapter six uh jim butcher put out um some other extra material um various different things um most of it stuff that we've already seen or heard of um but an update on the bingo stuff a reminder on some of the things that you can get on um on the store like merch and stuff uh but also the virtual tour uh which is um jim butcher is essentially going to do uh like he would do a book tour but instead do it via zoom but dedicated to different specific uh bookshops um in the world and um if you pay for a ticket to one of these virtual book tour events all the money and proceeds go uh all the money and proceeds above and beyond whatever Jim Butcher's would be i think uh will go to that store um and you also get a copy of peace Talks signed by jim butcher sent out to you nice um which is really really awesome uh and alongside that he's doing a couple of free events uh which ass- essentially uh will be um as he's signing books um he's gonna he's gonna kind of be interviewed. Um so he's got um a conversation with Patrick Roths uh that he's gonna do. Um who seems to be a, a good buddy of his now. They seem to be building a sort of relationship. Um and uh he's got a, a couple of different uh, things coming up. Uh, he's got an interview with Priscilla Spencer, who uh, he's been interviewed with before, uh and who uh I think directed or created the the trailer for Peace. Talks, yeah, direct, um, and that's gonna be... cool. Uh, and that's going to be a free event on uh, Comic Con International's YouTube channel, so that's another one to, to check out. Um, all of the signed uh, books are going to come with uh, book plates instead of him actually physically signing them. I'm not sure if that's a coronavirus thing or just a. a, a uh, a choice uh, but it also releases the art that's going to be on the book plate which you can also use as like a bookmark if you want or uh, anything else uh, really um, which uh, is very cool and the art on it is uh, is awesome it shows uh, Ebenezer it shows uh, Thomas in jail it looks like it shows uh, Lara Wraith uh, Dresden kind of with his back to everyone apart from him and Maggie holding hands um, shows what looks like maybe a castle in Edinburgh and uh, like a 1920s gangster scene. So there's a, there's a lot uh, to be kind of brought out of this picture. Uh, definitely worth uh, having a look at, even if, even if you're not planning to go to any of the virtual tour events, uh, you could at least have a look at this kind of art and see where that um, what that makes you think might be coming up in Peace Talks. Nice. And that, I think, is everything from me on the power networking. Uh, <laughs> are you hyped for Peace Talks?
1: Um,
0: I mean, hyped is an understatement at this point.
1: Um, although like with only a week left, it's hard to believe it. It's, it's gone quick. And I think that's because doing this, we're counting down every week as well. Like last week, we were like, oh, 14 days until it's out. And mm-hmm. like in my head the other day, I was like, oh, 14 days, I can start another like three books and you know, be fine. And then this morning, I had the notification saying it was seven days. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have started those three other books. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, what are those three other books?
1: Um, I mean, Wheel, Wheel of Time book two that I've mentioned previously. Uh. It's called The Great Hunt, if anyone cares. Time. <laughs> um, started reading a book on like the history of Germany called Germany. Um, it's written by the... I can't remember the guy's name, but he was the director of the British Museum from 2002 to 2014, I think.
0: Nice. Yeah, so I mean... Not something I'd expect, I'd expect you to be reading.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I've been, this year especially I've been trying to kind of mix up a bit and read stuff more about Out of My Comfort Zone. Um, Yeah, it's called uh, Germany, Memories of a Nation, and the author is Neil McGregor. Awesome. And book three, wasn't really a book, it was uh, Deceased by Tom Taylor for DC Comics, which I finished.
0: Very, very tight graphic novel.
1: Oh my god. It was. It's (laughs)
0: It's
1: probably the best graphic novel I think I've read in I know at least a year, maybe more.
0: I would definitely um, I would definitely say that because uh, a lot of people I talk to about comic books one of the problems that they have is that comic books have no real stakes because um, characters always come back, like Superman's died like 50 times or whatever now. Yeah. Um, or whatever we're up to. Whereas um Something that's really unique about Tom Taylor is that the stuff he does, um, he he stipulates with DC that he will only write stuff where he can have stakes and characters can die. So they give him lots of Elseworld properties. Uh, so Deceased is like an in-another-universe kind of story yeah. where um, there's essentially kind of like a, a high-tier zombie plague, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah
1: sounds about right
0: um there's like and and it's how like the superheroes kind of kind of deal with that and and don't deal with it um and people die people survive um but there's a lot more drama to it because I've, all the deaths count i guess in this in this world yeah um it's
1: probably i enjoyed it so much that it's been like one of the maybe the only like graphic novel slash limited comic series i've ever read where as soon as i finished it i wanted to read it again like right away
0: yeah which is rare for me i think there's a lot there's a lot of detail in in some of the big scenes when you've got a lot of the cast all together
1: yeah
0: there's a lot going on in them Um, it's definitely worth it also i just want to shout out that i love the uh the fact that the Atom. Is what finally gets like one of the big bat uh, one of the big powerful superheroes. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like it's like Ant Man being like the threat to Thor or something like that. It's really cool, uh, just because he's so tiny, he just goes like into like a molecular level and infects them. Oh, is it as well?
1: So I'm I'm glad they utilized it at a really good time with. Is it Captain Atom as well? The character I'm thinking of. I, mean,
0: I believe so. Yeah, like,
1: because I know, I, I know that they bought DC, like, back in the 80s, DC bought the rights for like Captain Atom and a bunch of other superheroes which Alan Moore wanted to use for Watchmen. And they were like, no, we have plans for these. So um Captain Atom is like, like Dr. Manhattan and Captain Atom are like basically the similar kind of concept.
0: Mhm.
1: Which is interesting now that we've kind of merged Watchmen with DC I guess.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bit strange. Uh I think we'll probably see characters like the Question and Blue Beetle maybe coming to the background and and even vanishing as the um as the years go on in comic books. But uh I guess that's because the watchmen is so well known yeah um if anything um anyway yeah uh, so that's that's just a bit about what we've been reading and what's going on in the world of jim butcher um but let's get to the meaty stuff uh and the Paranet podcast book club uh, so this week we're covering chapters four to six of full moon uh, i'll just uh give us a quick summary of last time in dresden files uh so uh last time uh we're six months on from the events of stormfront which i'm not going to talk about because we have talked enough about that book um uh dresden uh catched up with an old apprentice who is looking into Uh, how um, a a set of magical circles work and the sort of being that could be entrapped by them. Uh, He is then kind of cut off from this dinner date uh, by Murphy, uh, who says that there is a case that he is uh, desperately needed on. Him and Murphy uh, screech across town uh, to O'Hare Airport, uh, where Dresden um, uh, basically uh, comes to a crime scene where it looks like a man uh, has been savaged by a wolf. Um, He realises that it's the full moon, and this is probably a werewolf killing. Uh, Um, Him and Murph then are interrupted by some FBI agents who basically come in and are like, nah, this is our scene. You get the fuck out of here. Um, And Murphy basically says not going to happen. Uh, The FBI agents turn ugly. Uh, They start uh, getting really aggressive with Murphy and Dresden. uh, And eventually, the female FBI agent uh, pulls her gun on Murphy and ends up firing it at her. uh, Way, way above the aggression of like a normal FBI agent. Um, Murphy and Dresden head back to the car uh, realising that this is just a too crazy to kind of stay around Um, and Dresden takes a minute uh, kind of dealing with being shot at um, and then talks to Murphy and Murphy basically says I want you in on this case and it's going to be a tough one but if you're in on it I need you to be honest with me Uh, and that's kind of where we go into this uh, next uh, these next three chapters and uh, Rob do you want to give us an overview of those?
1: Yeah so Chapter 4 basically picks up where we left off. Uh, Murphy explains that there have been several killings. All of them have been occurring around a full moon. Um, Harry notices that, you know, they're being followed at this point. Um, Yeah, he um, uses... I can never pronounce it. Thormaturgy? Thormaturgy? Yeah. Thormaturgy. Yeah, it's one of those words where, like, because we've used it like early on in the D and D campaign, we're doing. I've been saying formaturgy so much that it just no longer sounds like a word. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, sorry. Uh, Harry uses uh, formaturgy and a bit of bloodstained glass to start tracking werewolves without Murphy. You know, kind of going against what he said he wouldn't do. Um, leading us into chapter five, he tracks down the owner of the blood to you know a bit of a rough neighborhood. Uh, In town, Um, which leads him to an empty department store, and that's where Harry finds uh, a group known as the Alphas, um, who are a group of you know teenage werewolves, like teenagers slash college kids, I guess. Um, Like they're all they're all basically going through puberty. You know how it is. yeah, the Alphas meet with um yeah, they're all kind of bickering amongst themselves, being, you know, we, we can't we we've been told not to go out. At the moment, it's dangerous. Uh, there's a full moon, blah, 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 blah. Um and then the alphas meet up with an older woman who tells them, you know, she was followed. And Dresden recognises her as the driver from the previous chapter who was tailing him and Murphy. So the woman cuts the light and manages to disarm Harry in in her wolf form. Um, After a bit of a tussle and a getaway, Mm -hmm. Murphy uh, bumps into Harry and puts a gun to his head. (laughs) Um, Leading into Chapter 6, Harry and Murphy both kind of explain how they got to where they are in the department store and why they didn't tell each other. Um, Harry stops Murphy from putting out an APB on the werewolves because he thinks they aren't the killers, they are just, you know, an innocent group of kids that have just, you know, wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. Um and at this point, it's quite a short chapter really. Harry decides to go home to do some research on werewolves. No. Basically it for this week.
0: Yeah, it's uh so how'd you find these chapters? I
1: enjoyed it a lot, like cuz because i i know we kind of touched upon it last week with full moon being like the book like the only book in the series that's kind of like considered to be the worst one i suppose
0: mhm
1: because of that every time i pick this book up i'm just kind of like ugh but then like when i start <laughs> read when i start reading it i'm like oh man this is so good <laughs> but um no, I really enjoyed the chapters. It was especially when the alphas pop up because, for the love of Christ, throwing out my catchphrase again, I've only read the graphic novel of this book. And um, I remember the alphas, you know, popping up in it, but I don't remember them popping up this early into the story. Like in my head, they come around the middle and then pop up again towards the end. So I was a bit surprised that, you know, chapter five were introduced to them. And it it's pretty cool because... Um, Billy and Georgia end up being yeah, yeah you know, they they end up being like the, um guest stars I guess in following books. So it's pretty cool to see them again, in like in in just like their current state of being. You know, they're still young kids. Whereas where I'm up to in this, where we're up to in the series, I guess I should say, uh, they're like fully grown adults now. Cause it's been what like ten years more.
0: Yeah, something that really like um, that really got me is that Billy and Georgia are are quite close in the books. Um, I guess yeah, it's the best way of putting it. And um, like right here, obviously they don't know each other very well, and like there are it's Billy and George that are arguing, and Billy says something along the lines of like "step off, bitch," yeah, or something like that. And I was like, "Oh my god, you would never have said that to her," like knowing her as you do. In later books. I know. It's... Um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's something I really enjoy.
0: Like I say, like,
1: I mean, graphic novel, prose, physical novel, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's been so long since I've read Full Moon that I kind of, I, any of the early books, really, that I kind of forget how early on certain characters pop up. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's weird that I forgot the alphas even appeared in Full Moon, despite, you know, it, it's really fitting that they do. Because I don't really, my, my first memory of them appearing, to be honest, is book four. which In Summer Night. Yeah. Which, is it Summer Night? Yeah, Summer Night. Which, to be fair, they are heavily involved in, but yeah, I just <laughs> I just don't know why I completely forgot they existed in this book until they popped up as I was reading.
0: Yeah, I, um, I super, uh, it's really enjoyable to see those character arcs. And I think that's something that Jim Butcher is really good at doing is like following how people change over, not just like uh, a few months or like a a story arc, but following how people change over years. Mm. Um, Mm. and it's great to see them at the start of their journeys, knowing where they'll go. Um, and something that I'm really excited about, peace talks and beyond, is watching where all these characters will end up. And and um, I, I, and yeah, to be honest, I, I'm really uh, I don't want to say goodbye to them because I've been following their lives for years. Yeah, uh, from childhood all the way to adulthood and beyond. Um, so yeah, uh, that's. That's really cool. Um I I definitely enjoyed these chapters. Um something I really like about Full Moon and um it deals with the problem that I guess a lot of sequels have. Um I'm gonna compare it to the Avengers because that's the that's the first thing I can think of. Um but like after the first Avengers film, going back to like an Iron Man film or whatever. Um, it's really hard to say, like, oh, why does Iron Man have to deal deal with this alone? Why can't he call in Thor or Captain America or whoever? Um, and sometimes you get a bit of a hand wave response. Sometimes they just don't even address it. Um, whereas, uh, so Jim Butcher here um, basically took the skills that Harry had in the first book and showed us on the page why they wouldn't solve this crime immediately like he he used the thaumaturgy spell to track down the killer that he did in the last book um and he and it led him to uh, a different end than he was expecting, I guess not necessarily a dead end but something else um and it it kind of explains why he can't use Murphy as much because Murphy's got like a bit of a distrust for him now, and they've got that uh strange kind of combative relationship um and so it all kind of points to that. He's going to have to uh, find a way to adapt to a different sort of case. Um, and he needs to go away and research and, and overcome that kind of knowledge boundary around werewolves before he can he can go any further with this case. Um, and, and I really like that. It, it's a great way to give progression uh, and the feeling that, that, yeah, it can't just be solved the way that he did last time.
1: Fair enough. I can get on board. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, cool. So we've got a couple of talking points. We've kind of hit some of them. Uh, we've hit the alphas. Um. Did you like the setting of the first kind of meeting with the alphas?
1: I did. And again, I remember it differently. And in my head, it was a car like, garage like a mechanic area place thing
0: Hmm.
1: and i don't know if that's a setting for somewhere else later down the line in this book or if i just made it up fair enough (coughs) excuse me then that answers that question but um (laughs) (laughs) but the no the abandoned department store it's it's a good setting and i kind of like uh, i mean for the obvious reason like you say he does the formatory spell again to kind of track down the killer or the suspect, I suppose. And it leads him to this area, which is, I guess, is more familiar ground to the Alphas and this woman as well, at this point at least, than it is for Dresden. Mm -hmm. They're going to know it better than him, especially in wolf form. And it, it kind of puts him in a more vulnerable setting, I suppose.
0: Yeah, something I really liked about it was that, um, I guess, urban fantasy, there's there's kind of tropes like there is with anything or or the kind of first things that your mind goes to, like back alley kind of fights, bar fights, hotel kind of fights, um, maybe like a parking lot or something like that, uh, fights like in an apartment or in a street. Um and those were all kind of things that popped up in, in Stormfront in one way or another. Um whereas I think I I kind of felt like the, the deserted department store was a bit of Jim Butcher sitting down and being like, Okay, so I've got magic in the in the real world. What would be a really interesting scenario or place to take that? Um and we'll see this in, in later books and even in this book. Um he, he mixes it up a lot more. Um I think that's, that's one of the, the complaints with Stormfront is that it feels quite vanilla in some ways. Yeah. Because it's kind of what you expect magic realism to be. Uh whereas as we get further into the series, Jim Butcher really does uh play around with settings and stuff. Uh one of my favorites is he, he sets a whole a whole story around um a horror uh convention. Um mm-hmm. Which is a, a great setting to have um, a magic realism story kind of playing out in. Um, but yeah, so so I feel like he's like okay, so I've got this these toys that I can play with. Let's let's really put them somewhere interesting and a deserted uh, department store and kind of the the feeling of um, civilization abandoning somewhere, I guess um it gives a nice little like spooky edge to um the the first encounter with the alphas
1: yeah well, i guess as well
0: i also think oh
1: sorry go yeah, go i'm gonna say as well if you look at kind of how the kids are you could view them as kind
0: of i know like the lost boys and peter pan yeah i could see that yeah I, I was just gonna say that i think Calling themselves the Alphas is maybe the funniest thing about them <laughs> <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I find especially at this point I mean, later, later on in this series, they're all like really muscly and athletic, but I mean, I think especially in the graphic novel, the art for Billy as well, he's just some specky, nerdy kid. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, he doesn't like in his human form, he doesn't pose, he doesn't look like he poses any sort of threat at all. But if you look at some of the art for the Dresden card game and stuff like that. The art for Billy there is he's like, you know, probably like a jock-looking guy with like, you know, wearing like a tank top and like he's just built like a brick shit house.
0: It's funny, like when when he's first described, um, they they literally like talk about he's like he would look more at home with a pocket protractor than uh. With the kind of like leather jack boot look that they've gone for and the spike for effect. these alphas, yeah, it's it's a real like they're all trying to be very punky and um, it feels very teenage. I, I kind of love it. Yeah, um, and there's a bit of a nineties feel, I guess. I can I can definitely imagine several of the kids wearing Matrix like level like leather long coats.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, if you think of the time that the book came out as well
0: that was that like
1: kind of period in like films and cinema where we, we had the first matrix film and i think every like, the stuff that it influenced from there like a lot of action films had to be like black leather trench coats and slow motion like underworld as a good example which i think was 2003 to be fair but again like mm-hmm. pvc leather and all that kind of stuff slow motion vampires werewolves, the lot <laughs>
0: Um, I think I've just got... so Okay, I've got a a little quote from the book um, of when they first all meet up. Four or five of them were gathered behind and around a stout young man less than five and a half feet tall. He had thick glasses and pudgy fingers and would have looked more at home with a pocket protector than the spiked leather gloves on his fingers. He stood with his hands on his hips, glaring up at a real thin blonde girl, at least a head taller than he. The lines of her willowy body, all awkward, her long, sad face set in an, ang- an expression of anger her hair fell about her face and head in a ragged mane but her eyes sparkled with contained wrath another five or six of the young people were gathered behind her and everyone seemed tense um and i think from from where they they develop in from what they develop into um this is just a great introduction of them because they're almost comical at this point <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, um, what were your thoughts on? Uh, so how? Har- so we ended the last set of three chapters with Harry promising to Murphy that he would be transparent and open through this investigation. Yeah, and we end these three chapters with Harry and Murphy both lying to each other. Yeah, I mean, it. What it's you think?
1: It's quite interesting because I think the chapter 6 when they're reunited after snooping around the uh, department store I think the one thing that initially stuck out to me is we've already had a lot more like screen time with them together than we had in the previous book yeah whereas in the in Stormfront I think you know we were introduced to Murphy they have the whole thing with uh, the case but whatever a threat, their colleagues will rule what's What's her colleague called? I've completely forgotten his name. Is it, are you talking about Rollins? Rollins, that was it. I was thinking Hawkins for some reason, but I knew that was wrong. But um, <laughs> because Hawkins is there, they don't have that kind of uh, bounce-back, friendship kind of vibe that we're used to. But then, like, once Rollins leaves the room, they're a bit more comfortable with each other, I suppose. And from that, I don't think we see them again until... But I don't think they're together again until she's trying to arrest Harry and she's been stung by the scorpion. And then from there we don't see them again until she throws the flowers at him in the hospital. So Yeah. The previous book, in terms of their like you've just had Harry talking about, oh, I don't think we're friends anymore. But, you know, she'll learn to trust me again, or hopefully we can fix that. But it's it's I guess showing not telling, it's telling us that they're They have that friendship, working relationship kind of thing. But what we've seen is just a a small kind of flicker of them having a bit of banter. And then the rest of the book, she's just kind of all up in his face and trying to arrest him. So it, (laughs) it just kind of goes against the whole what we're being told their relationship is like. Whereas this feels like it—it it is the relationship that he was describing. Like, even though they bump into each other at the department store, and she is clearly annoyed with him, she's not annoyed with him to the extent she was when she went to arrest him. If you follow what I'm trying to get at, it. it
0: yeah, I, I mean, um, she, she, it, like, she's just like Harry, and <laughs> he comes back with. Hi Murphy. This is gonna be one of those conversations, isn't it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I feel I, I feel just that chapter and that interaction is I know, kind kind of like the the relationship and interactions between them that we're used to in later books.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely a window into that. Um and I I honestly can't remember. It's been a long time since I've read Full Moon because even when I reread books in the series, it was always one that I I skipped. And uh, rereading it now, I'm kind of like uh, a little sad that I did that because it doesn't seem that bad so far and I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, But um, I can't remember how their relationship is by the end of this. Um, But as it is at the moment, they do feel more like a... Uh, a buddy cop feel uh, and um hopefully that will evolve through this book i know by kind of book 3 book 4 they, they're starting to become more respected mm-hmm. uh, colleagues of one another um so yeah cool um so we've talked about harry and murphy Uh, talked about the Alphas, uh, talked about the department store. Um, So we kind of touched on it last week, uh, but we just wanted to pick up on uh, why Harry hasn't been involved yet and how the FBI are covering up the murders that have happened. Well, not covering up, but explaining them at least. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the FBI are putting out this idea that there is a cult going around Using wolf teeth um, attached to like various either power weapons or just regular like axes and stuff like that, and are doing some sort of like ritual sacrifice killings hmm. uh, and stuff like that. And I guess w- what it kind of made me consider is do you think in the world of the Dresden Files there are mortal. Serial killers and murderers, or do you think that humans are generally quite good in the Dresden Files universe, and it's just whenever the the never never and magical stuff interacts with them, then it stirs up all the all the crazy.
1: I don't know. I'm. I mean, you could at this point in the series as well. if feel we you could easily pit it on the whole magic stuff from the never never corrupting people, but. I like to think that because Harry's a wizard, it's just focused more on that part of the world, I guess. So he has no real interaction, I guess, with mortal human murderers and psychopaths.
0: I'd be kind of interested to see, like, maybe a short story of Harry dealing with, like, a a CSI level case. Yeah. Um, um no, I where it, it dude?
1: I'd even have that for an actual novel because like a full-length story because it would just be a really, it'd be a nice twist to have him, you know, being brought in for a case. He's like chasing all this weird, horrible stuff, and then it turns like expecting it to be like a, I don't know, like a werewolf or whatever, and then it just turns out it's just some murdering asshole. It has nothing to do with magic there was,
0: there was a great episode of torchwood the doctor who tv series like more adult tv series i guess um where they went to a town where people who came to the town disappeared um and they were certain that it was like it was an alien interference and i guess torchwood's a little bit like dresden files in that um it's bringing something fantastical uh, into like the real world, but more like a it's more a sci-fi edge in the world of Torchwood. Um, anyway, so they would come into the village and uh, people were disappearing and stuff, and it got to the point where uh, the villagers attacked the Torchwood team and bound them all up and stuff, and uh, were talking about eating them. Um, and one of the Torchwood team was like, uh, "Who are you? Where are you from? What planet are you from?" like uh, all this sort of stuff and one of those turns around is like we're from earth we just like to eat people jeez um and it's that it's that sort of moment where it's like oh okay so it's not just magical or supernatural or science fiction monsters that are dicks humans are dicks too yeah uh and sometimes we do crazy mad things and um having that kind of reversal i guess it would be really interesting also at this point in the series it'd be really interesting to see dresden dealing with an regular serial killer um without like because all uh, dresden's magical power uh, now in the books is much higher than it is going into full moon uh and it'd be like how can he detain this guy without just outright killing him i guess yeah um so it would be interesting to see... Sorry, Rob. Um, it, it would be interesting to see technology versus magic, like a, a serial killer using like every bit of tech and stuff, especially if he was maybe working with or against Marco and, and could learn about wizards and their ability to set off electrical devices. Uh, deploying all that against Dresden would be really interesting. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm waffling a lot today. Okay. I also think I've said that in the last couple of uh, recordings. <laughs> I say it every week, to be fair, but it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's becoming my catchphrase. It's it's my, I only read the comics. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, come for the interesting Dresden Files talk... Stay for the pat waffles, yeah, um the
1: maple syrup
0: i I think it it's your buttery smooth voice that's the maple syrup,
1: oh, that's nice, oh. anything <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, awesome, yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to kind of pick out about these chapters? They were quite short, yeah, they're shorter than I expected this early on, um,
1: not really, I mean, I like. I'm not sure if we really covered it. The whole why Harry why Harry hasn't been involved yet. Um, I liked the ex- explanation of. You know he's he's been seen as kind of Marcone's goon in terms of taking out the Third Eye drug ring and Victor Cells. uh, and because, um, Murphy had a warrant and all that kind of thing to arrest him, and then withdrew that. It was kind of seen as being I know on Marcone's payroll, I suppose or involved
0: yeah um again like uh, I think we we touched on that last week, but the whole idea that actions in the Dresden files have consequences yeah. and that stuff that happens in one book will affect stuff in the next book um it's really cool to to see that and and kind of um how that's making Harry's life harder now uh, and Murphy's life harder.
1: Absolutely. (laughs)
0: Um, Awesome. Yeah. I I don't really have much more to say on these chapters. Like I say, they were quite short. Um, I think we're about to hit some really juicy stuff. Uh, The next couple of chapters we cover what werewolves are in the dresden files series and kind of um how they work mechanically uh and there's going to be a lot to talk about around that that i'm really excited about um going right to the roots of uh what werewolves are in kind of popular mythology um and kind of where they come from and and all that so i'm i'm really looking forward to to that in the coming chapters and i i think that will be next week even um, we'll be talking about that. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's about it for today. Uh, do you want to sign us off, or up?
1: Yeah. Um, as as usual, review us on iTunes, download us on Spotify. We've had a lot of support so far. We've recently passed over 500 downloads, I believe. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, man. Uh, we're, we're coming up super fast on 600. uh, And and I just can't believe it. Um, The the amount of support that we're having from you guys, um, not just in England, but literally around the globe um, is mind blowing, heartwarming and just incredible. And when you take that out to social media and stuff as well, um, some of the stuff that, that we've seen, uh replies to some of the, like the the content we've been putting out on social media and things um it's just lovely it's it's incredible to to interact with you guys a hundred percent drop us messages email us whatever you want and we'll try and get back to you uh as soon as possible to to talk all things dresden uh whether it's your thoughts about the books or something you want us to talk about on the show or even something we've missed on the show Uh, We'd love to talk to you about it and even bring it up uh, or or give you a little shout out here. Um, One thing I would say is that we are really, really looking for reviews right now on iTunes um, and and Apple Podcasts um, and anywhere else that you can review us. Uh, Reviews are the best way to get uh, us out there and uh, show people that we're actually worth listening to um so if you can drop us a review even if it's just a line saying these guys are great or um or even something that you'd want improved about the show um please please go ahead and do it um we'd we'd really love to see what you think and to share that with everyone who's thinking about listening to us or not
1: yeah (laughs) couldn't say it better myself um yeah, so with that in mind, next week we are covering uh, chapters seven, eight, and nine of Storm—not Stormfront, Friggin' Egg. So used to saying it, chapters seven, <laughs> <laughs> chapters seven, eight, and nine of Full Moon, the second book in the in the Jesus. I almost said Stormfront files.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad it's got you this week because it absolutely got me last week. Yeah, <laughs> so. We're now equal. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, chapters 7, 8, and 9 of Full Moon, the second book in the Dresden Files series. There we go. <laughs> You've been listening to... Tight. Yeah, as as always, crack open a can of Coke, kick back. Unfortunately, the weather's not too nice here, but you know, kick back with a can of Coke and watch the rain, I suppose, if that's your thing. Um, Otherwise, yeah, we'll catch you next week. You've been listening to the Paranap. Podcast with your hosts Rob Davis and Patrick Lern, and we shall see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye.
0: Bye.